today's my one year anniversary and I think we've come a really long way and how very cool that one year to the day we're putting five million dollars out into the community for out of school time programs i could not be happier now that is the voice of tammy greer she is the executive director of the escambia children's trust they had a meeting yesterday in which as she said one year to the date of her starting at her job on valentine's day 2022 2023 they approved five million dollars worth of grants for uh, about a dozen different organizations here locally they're going to help with early childhood education remember the point of the tax that funds the escambia children's trust is to provide for remedying the problems gaps inadequacies of students arriving at for example kindergarten unprepared and having challenges throughout their early childhood career because the theory is if we can do better at serving those kids and get them up to speed they will become better citizens and also they won't fall into the problems of poverty and or crime that so often happen to people who fail or don't do well in the academic environment. Joining us now, we have Tammy Greer. Uh, Tammy, welcome to the Pensacola Morning News. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you. So um, I I wanted to take a few minutes and just kind of, you know, Yesterday, your board spent about, or, you know, agreed to spend about $5 million on some local agencies doing work to help kids that they wouldn't otherwise be able to help. And I wanted to give you a chance to tell the taxpayer listeners, you know, what their money is going to do. Um, and I figured the best way to do that, I'll just, I'll let you give them an overview from your perspective, what was accomplished yesterday and what's going to be the result of the money? Oh, thank you. Well, what they approved yesterday after a, a a lot of vetting of these proposals were 19 organizations, local organizations, to serve approximately 5,000 children. Uh, and these programs will be at no cost to the parents of these children to engage them in after school and summer camp activities so that these children have something productive to do when they're not in the school day. So everything from tutoring to sports to social and emotional development. Uh, There's everything from grief counseling to literacy. So they really run the gamut of services for children. And what we're looking at with these, the reason that out-of-school time programs are so important is because kids can do one of two things after the school day ends and for most of whom they don't have parents at home because the parents are working. They can either engage in risky behaviors, which you know could be as awful as experimenting with drugs or ending up in teen pregnancies, or they could engage in positive activities that reinforce the work that's done during the school day. So this was really important for us and the reason we started to focus on the out-of-school time programming as one of the first things out of the gate with this funding is because you can accomplish so much with this kind of programming and it touches all ages k through 12 or pre-k through 12 actually so we really wanted to start there and we may not see the results immediately. That's something that, that I really hope the, the public understands. It takes a minute to get these programs up and running and to hire staff, which I alluded to that a little bit yesterday. Uh, you know, They're going to have to hire staff, get the staff trained. So we're really looking at multi-year grants. We're hoping to have these, these in place for at least three years so that we have time to see some of the impacts of them. And what you... See when you have high quality out of school time programming 
is a, a reduction in youth violence, which I think is on all of our minds right now. If you've yeah. been you know, paying attention um, and it really also helps with improving academic outcomes. But again, we won't it's not like it's it's just a, a magic wand and you don't see that overnight. But it's certainly something that that research has shown will happen over time. So we wanted to get that started as one of the first things that, that we did. Very, and, and I just I want to make sure I heard you right. You said it's about 5,000 additional children that the funding is expected yes. to help. Is that right? Okay. So we're talking in the first yes, year. Sir. And as you said, each of these is a three-year plan and the funding sort of increases as time goes on, which is understandable because you have to, you know, you have to create and hire and do all the things. And so it's going to be able to do more as time goes on. But that's at a price tag of about $1,000 a child in the first year, which compared to the cost of school, about $8,000 per child, $7,000 per child, something like that is, you know, it's, it's within the ballpark. And since we're targeting, you know, children who are particularly at risk, that price tag makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, hang on for just a second, Tammy. I'll need to get a real quick traffic on the files. We're talking to Tammy Greer, the executive director of the Escambia Children's Trust. Uh, Candy? All right. And just watching one accident in Cantonment. It's 95A in Williams Ditch Road. Doesn't look like it's going to stop anything, though. It looks like it has been moved off to the side. So this is brought to you by Jackson Hewitt. And Jackson Hewitt, uh, everybody knows that time is money. Go to Jackson Hewitt today for up to $3,500 with no interest, no fee, tax refund, advance loan for eligible clients. Loan by Republic Bank and Trust Company. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Traffic tips, text 437-1620, News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Uh, back to Tammy Greer from the Escambia Children's Trust. One of the, I think, concerns um, that people have raised, and I, I mean, I share the same concern, is how do we know or how are we going to be able to tell that when we're giving money to the YMCA, for example, or the city of Pensacola Parks and Recs or some of these other organizations, how are we going to know for sure at the end of a year that we really have helped an additional 5,000 kids as opposed to kind of doing what has always been done and just providing funding to programs that already exist? Well, the the real work of the trust starts now because First of all, we have to put all of their anticipated outcomes and performance measures into their contracts. So their funding will be tied to their performance. Uh, we are, we're not a, a local foundation, as you all have probably heard me say a thousand times. Right. We're, we're a special district of government, and these are taxpayer dollars. So the expectation for accountability is, is much greater. So we're going to monitor them all the way through the process to track their performance to make sure that they're serving the right kids and and with fidelity to their scope of work and we're going to it it won't be that we just check in and get a report at the end of the year hey what happened it's we're going to be working with them hand in glove all the way through and this is with all 19 agencies and with everybody that we find moving forward and so there's going to be monitoring meaning we're going to go out and actually put eyes on their their books uh, to to look at the accounting we're going to make sure that they have all of the data that they're supposed to be collecting for each of the children in their program we're going to need assurances that it's not duplicated children that they should be serving with other funding because we are prohibited by statute to supplant funding which means we can't replace what's already there this is supposed to be new and additional services so we're really going to be strict about that um 
we're also at the same time trying to keep our costs very low because we we don't want to take advantage of taxpayer money and so we're trying to keep our staff as slim as we can but it is going to take a lot of work to ensure this accountability so okay. we're uh, we're we're trying to balance that the, <laughs> but, the other yes, question i have and and, and this yeah and the other question i have which was kind of you inspired this question yesterday um is we really have a labor shortage, right? If we have 5,000 students yeah. that we're trying to supply, it's one thing to provide money. It's one thing to identify the students. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you've got, you know, physical things that need to be done. And that's what the money is going to take care of in some cases. But then you've got to find the people. And that's a lot of people to find who are capable, yeah. willing, available and qualified, essentially, to do this kind of work. That's a real challenge. How will that be solved? <laughs> Well, if I if I if I knew the answer to that, I'd be a national hero right now <laughs> because we're feeling it with with K through twelve teachers, with yeah. childhood educators, youth development, nurses. You know, I don't think there's any sector that's not feeling the pinch right now. Uh, I think it really goes down to uh, good recruitment strategies among the providers. Uh, to try to find the right people. And then, of course, you have to have decent benefits because people really value that now. And you have to you have to pay them fairly. So those kinds of things we can't necessarily control, but we can make sure that they have sufficient funding in their budget to be able to attract and retain the individuals doing the work. Because it's, it's hard work. It's not babysitting. It's, right. it's youth development. And so... Uh, and we also have professional development built in, and that's something that we're we're going to work on. We're planning to host a children's summit, uh, which will basically be some of that professional development that we're looking to bring to to the community uh, for these these folks who will be working with the children. And so uh, so basically helping them with recruitment and retention and professional development. Well, I that's that's the piece that I'm really, you know, I, I can kind of in my brain, I can believe every other part of this. That's the one that I'm like, I really hope that works because that's going to be the big challenge, as you I indicated do. yesterday. And, you know, even kind of your reaction to the question is, yeah, well, that's the ch- one thing I did get a suggestion from somebody. I don't know to what degree you might be able to implement it. But um, I know that, for example, there's a lot of homeschool parents in our area, people who, mm-hmm. you know, they may not have uh, credentials, but they certainly have skills, you know, and, and they're not in the mm-hmm. traditional education system and that may be a resource uh, to the degree that they might be willing or, or, or available that might be a slice of the community that might not otherwise make it onto the radar of trying to recruit uh, for some of these things might not be full-time recruiting but you know might be you know people who can you know do 10 hours or five hours a week or something like that well I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens I I'm Part of me is very concerned that it's not going to work the way it should. And there's a part of me that's super optimistic that we can finally make a big difference. So <laughs> it's I mean, it's a big task. And I hope we'll we'll check back in with you, Tammy, throughout the year and uh, in subsequent times as we yeah. kind of get better indicators of how it's going. Um, Tammy Greer is the Escambia Children's Trust Executive Director. Congratulations on your one year anniversary. And uh, we look forward to very good things. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. And please do stay in touch.